in January, I had developed this message, and I really felt like the Lord wanted me to present it. And then he said, no. And you know I love that. You know, you put all that time and effort into something that you've studied, and, uh, and then he says, no, not this week. You're doing something else. And I'm like, really? Here we go again. So I just want you to know that whoever is here today, whoever's watching online, this is for you. Uh, this message today really came from my heart. I'm going to share something that happened to me a long time ago, but you know, something I think is fitting for the message. We've been talking about pain. Nobody likes pain. Well, not many people like pain, right? Most of us don't care to suffer. If you do, you're kind of strange. So this week we're going to talk about why pain... And this is part two. Pain has many aspects, right? Sometimes pain comes from the outside sources, not necessarily from you. They're inflicted on you, so to speak. And by the way, next week I'm going to be talking about suffering, a little bit more to do with the outside influence. This week, though, I'm going to talk about self-inflicted pain. This week we're going to approach pain that's caused by sin. Everybody say sin. sin. At the Hope, we talk about S-I-N, sin. Because the Bible is chock full of the Word. It's there for a reason. Sin separates us from the love of God, or it can. Sin destroys people's lives, families, extended families. Sin destroys the church at times. Sin is ugly, right? But thank God that that beam up there, the cross, thank God Jesus was willing to place himself on that cross for you and me. And he took our place, right? We should have, you and I, all of us should have been hung on that cross. If you don't understand it or don't realize that, you should. All of us should have paid the price on the cross. Not that pretty looking one there, but I'm talking about the real one. But Jesus took our place because he loved us that much. So that we don't have to. But we do have to take advantage of what he did on that cross. And we'll get to that toward the end. But let's get into this. Starting out with Psalm 119.67 and I usually use the NLT, the New Living Translation. Uh, there are a couple places, I think, where I've inserted something else, but this first one is actually the Amplified, because I like the way that it was said. Psalm 119.67 says, Before I was afflicted, causing pain or suffering, I went astray, wandered off, sinned. But now your word do I keep. Hearing, receiving, loving, and obeying it. Hallelujah. Can I say that one more time? It, it bears witness. Before I was afflicted, so obviously he sinned, causing pain or suffering. I went astray. I wandered off. I sinned. But now your word do I keep. Hearing, receiving, loving, and obeying it. 
This message, if it had a different title, it would be all about God's Word and how it gives us strength. Take note, though, that there is a direct connection to the psalmist going astray and to his pain. You go astray, there's going to be pain. You sin, there's going to be pain. Do you get the connection? At first, the psalmist did not keep God's Word. But after that pain was inflicted, and I believe in this case it was from the Lord, or the Lord allowed it, the person repented and acknowledged how important it was to be obedient to God. The Lord does not want sacrifice. He wants obedience. The Lord doesn't want your sacrifice. He wants your obedience. If you want the best from God, You must learn to be obedient. God made each one of us in such a way that when we pay attention to the pain, your body will tell you when things are off. So what's off in you today, if anything? And is it pain that's coming maybe ignorantly, or do you know what the cause of it is? And if you're always in pain, and this is where I'm going with this, the place to start is, how am I living my life today? Ask yourself that. Ask the Lord that. Lord, what am I doing right now? Am I being obedient to you, or am I being disobedient to you? And if you truly don't know, ask. The Holy Spirit will speak to you. How many in this room have heard the audible voice or through Scripture or some way you know God was speaking to you? Raise your hand up. All right. Many of us, if not all of us. That's good news. And if there is sin in your life, what do you do with it? What? Repent. Oh, we love that word. Now that is a Christianese word, right? Repent. Repent. Repent of those nasty evil sins well what does repent mean to turn back to god all right if you're sinning you've turned away from god you're going the wrong direction but when you repent you're basically saying look i've had it with this i know my way isn't working i'm going back i'm going back to the one my source the lover of my soul I'm going back. Hebrews 12, 6, and I'm going to read a couple of scriptures here. For the Lord disciplines those he loves, and he punishes each one he accepts as his child. Now this is is pretty strong language right here. But what I want you to understand is when the Lord, it uses the word punish, when the Lord disciplines you, it's in love. Some of you have have been disciplined and it wasn't in love. Your parent or whoever it was used the wrong techniques. They disciplined you, but it was out of anger and perhaps even became abusive. And you've got to understand, don't make the connection between how God disciplines and how somebody wrongly disciplined you in this life. Very important to understand that because our God loves us. And whatever he does, he's not, gonna, he's not trying to break you. 
He's trying to bend you enough so that you understand something needs to change. Does that make sense? Another scripture that bears witness to this, 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. Will you read this with me? All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. So let me ask you this, after reading this. Do you think the Scriptures are important to a Christian? We can't live without it. This is what helps us to understand the right and wrong. And if you're wondering, when I do something and I'm feeling something in my gut and it's telling me, this isn't right, don't do this. If you're really wondering, go to the... Word and look it up. Because most likely it's going to be in there somewhere. If you need help, call one of your Christian friends. Get help if you can't figure out where the Scriptures are that pertain to that. But you need to understand what God says about whatever it is you're going through. The Bible teaches truth. No other source on earth has the same effect as the Bible, as the words of God. Reading, meditating on Scripture, it helps us to realize what's wrong in our lives so that we can make a plan to correct it. As James said, be a doer of the Word, not just to hear. Don't just listen to the Word. Don't just read the Word, but do something with it. Apply it. Make it a routine, a regular part of your life. Have I lost you or are you still with me? I believe the Word of God, along with the Holy Spirit and His help, there's no better teacher. I can stand up here week after week and preach to you, and hopefully I'm preaching from the Word as I am this Sunday, but I want you to understand this. You've got to get that Word in you yourself. If this is all you're getting, is this Sunday morning, this little bite-sized chunk of Word, it's not enough. Listen, we are in a battle. We're in a battle for our souls. Satan hates our guts. And and this is what he wants. He wants all Christians, all people who even begin to bend a knee to Christ, he wants them destroyed. Because he can't have what we have. He made his choice. You and I have got to be strong these days. Do you think it's going to get easier? Look at what's going on around the world. For crying out loud, if if there's no other reason to get to church, look at the world. And we need to be praying, folks. We need to be, not just in the Word, we need to be praying for this world. So what do pain and affliction How do, we, how do we deal with the pain and the affliction? I'm sorry. When it becomes really strong, when it becomes almost too much. And, and I think, and everybody's different, but I think when the pain becomes so strong 
that you're just like, I can't do this anymore. That's the best place to be. Because that is when you say, help, help. Can you all say that with me? Help. Help. What do you do when pain and affliction becomes great? First, you acknowledge your pain. Don't bottle it up. If, we, if you will, look at pain as kind of a, maybe a thermometer or a pressure gauge might even be better. You, you've probably seen those pressure cookers, the cro- not crock pots. It's just some kind of pressure cooker. My wife used to have one. We got rid of it because it scared us. And, and that, that, that little needle would keep climbing as it grew, as the heat was applied to the bottom, and the pressure, and finally it'd start whistling and you know what I'm saying? And that's what happens on our inside when we're in pain, when, when things, we're allowing things into our life that shouldn't be there. And, and it's God's technique to get your eyes back on Him, to recognize you can't keep doing this, son, daughter, because if you do, it's going to kill you. Don't ignore it. Don't ignore it. That only makes it worse. So a couple of scriptures here. 1 John 1, 9. But if we confess our sins to Him, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. And then James 5, verse 16. Therefore confess your sins to each other. Pray for each other so that you may be, what? Healed. The prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. There's something about community that brings healing to the body. Nobody should go through this stuff alone. In fact, if you are going through this alone, you probably won't survive. You need to reach out. You need to get help from other people who love you, other people who want the best for you. Understand that pain is a precursor to power. Say that with me. Pain is a precursor to power. And I've said this many times lately. (laughs) No pain, no gain. All right? I said earlier, we don't like pain, but pain is a precursor to power. How many of you have had pain? I don't mean just in childbearing. We talked about that last week. But I'm saying something on a regular basis. Maybe it's a person. It happens, you know. Maybe it's a decision you made, an action that you keep doing. Whatever it is, if you'll yield to the Lord, that pain can become power. The stronger that you grow in the Lord, the less the pain will affect you. And as you grow stronger in the Lord, the pain diminishes. And that leads to what we're all praying for is transformation. I've used, I've used this scripture so many times lately. And I believe it, it 
probably should be on the wall out there somewhere. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, and this is the part I want you to get, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. All of us, all of us find ourselves sometimes in, in a place where we have that stinking thinking. You know what I mean? Yeah. Stinking thinking doesn't line up with the Word of God. Stinking thinking usually contradicts the Word of God. Stinking thinking is usually self-affecting. In other words, I like it. I want it. It can be lust. It can be anything. It can be something that makes you feel good. Who doesn't like to feel good? We're going to get into this, but I'm not there yet. So let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will, which is good and pleasing and perfect. If you want real God-transforming change, you must place yourself in the Lord Almighty's hand. you got to give it over to Him. Let the Holy Spirit in. Let Him work on you and in you. The Lord is the only one who knows exactly what you and I need. There isn't a person in this room where God went, oh, I'm not sure about that one. No. He created you. He designed you to be who you are with all of the stuff that comes along with you. None of it takes him by surprise. He knows the beginning from the end. He saw it in the, in the, when it all started. He knows who you are. And he knows what you need. You can trust him. Amen? Amen. Here's a big one. Discover the source of the pain. Now, if it's a spouse, I'm sorry. <laughs> You're stuck. Just keep bringing it to the Lord, like I said. Find out what caused the pain initially. Here's something. I, I, I saw this. I've seen this for weeks. And I wasn't going to show it, and I thought, I have to. Sometimes pain is self-inflicted. Right. <laughs> have you seen this? Is it fitting? What's going to happen to that monkey when he, when he whops? He's probably going to become dinner. All right? You see, the problem with us, with we humans, is we think we can beat the lion. But that lion's got teeth, and he's going to come after you. And I'm talking about sin here. Make the, make the analogy with me. I'm talking about sin being the lion. You go beating on the sin, it's going to bite you. And the outcome isn't going to be pleasant. It's going to be bloody. There are going to be casualties. Whether it's you or your family members or whoever it is, we all have to be careful. Don't think you're going to get away with it because it's going to bite you. Reflect on what led up to the pain. This is, this is just a 
keep this in your mind. It has nothing to do. <laughs> you get that, right? Some things are learned over time, and this is especially true of forming bad habits. Anybody have any bad habits? Don't raise your hand. We all have bad habits. There isn't a person in this room that doesn't. Human beings often do things that lead to pleasure and comfort, right? I said this earlier. We all like to be happy. Eating, sex, watching too much TV, drinking, social media, gambling, drugs. You might be surprised that I threw social media in there, but it's addictive. And here's my take. I believe that the Bible backs this up. Anything done in excess is sin. Can I get a good amen? amen. Anything done in excess becomes sin. Used with restraint, most things won't harm you. There are a couple things that will, even if you just do it once. So be smart. Like sex. When God created it, it was good. We talked about that last week. It was very good, right? Going back to the book of Genesis, chapter 1. It was very good, chapter 2. And then chapter 3. Everything turned. I'm not going into that this week. But I just want you to understand that what God created was very good. Man gets a hold of it. It becomes messy at best, right? Sometimes we can distort things to the point where it's, it becomes dirty and ugly. And that was never God's plan. Sex in the marriage bed, it's a covenant with God. He wants you to be blessed and enjoy it. Husband and wife should enjoy it. Amen? Amen. So why are we so driven by things like sex and drugs and so on? Maybe you know this already, but it's because the human body produces different chemicals that the brain sends out into the body, and some of them are good and some of them aren't so good. One of those that the body produces is called dopamine. Have you heard of it? When you train a monkey, and I know, I'm, I'm I'm stretching it a little bit. When you train a monkey, if there's something you want them to do, you reward them. Every time they go to do what you want them to do, you give them a treat or something, you know, that they like, a banana or whatever. Eventually, that monkey will do what you want it to do without even having to give it the treat because it's programmed to do that. It's similar with your brain and dopamine. The brain rewards certain activities or behaviors with a jolt of dopamine when you do certain things. Did you know that? And that chemical being released is why we crave some things. How many feel good when you eat a whole bag of Lay's potato chips? There's a reason it's called comfort food. <laughs> because every time you do it, your brain releases dopamine. Woohoo! Now you know. Oh, I need to, I need help with this. 
Last night, I'm sitting there going, you know, I don't need dessert. Had a great meal. Thank you, Barb. Delicious meal. Had supper with Troy and Sarah. They went home. Didn't offer them any dessert. (laughs) And after they left, I'm thinking, oh, man, you know, Barb bought some cookies today. Oh, that sounds good. We like cookies. You know I like cookies. Oh, you know, it's not enough just to have a cookie by itself. And not just vanilla ice cream, man. I mean, it's, it's caramel. Oh, got the little chocolate. Some of you are going, stop it! Why? Did I need it? But my brain's been programmed. Ice cream and cookies. And I get this little jolt of, whoo, comfort food. When you click on your social media page, uh uh-oh, he's getting low and dirty now. You get a little jolt of dopamine, making you happy. At least you think it does. (gasps) Somebody likes me. They want to be my friend. And 6,000 other people they don't know. But it does something. It does. You click on it and it just makes you feel good. Hate to tell you this, but it's the dopamine. When you form a habit, your body rewards itself. Repeated over time, it actually creates neural pathways that give what is described as instant gratification. Say that with me. Instant gratification. Even the thought of doing certain things can excite you. You know, here are just a couple raw examples. Visit a porn site, instant gratification. A gambling site. And listen, these things, they're from the pit of hell. Because the people that use these iPhone devices, they're the ones that don't have the control. And when you lose your car, your house, your bank account, everything, because you couldn't control it, man, be careful. Get help. Drinking, same thing. You have one? I just have a beer. What's that do? Ah! <laughs> I can have two. Ah, three really sounds good, though. That, that'll be the, the topper. You get where I'm going. The problem is the good feeling that comes from the habit, it only lasts a short time. The result, the person has to do these things over and over and over to keep feeling good. When misused, as it often is, most anything can be addictive. Can I get a good Amen. And this causes the brain to crave it more and more. And that's where the pain can become enormous. Because you feel like there's no way out. You feel trapped. And worst of all, you feel distanced from God. Let's get positive. What can you do to take 
What does it take to counter a bad habit? First, educate yourself. Learn everything you can about whatever it is you're facing. The better you understand it, the better prepared you are to conquer it. Amen? Amen. Talk to a psychiatrist. I like Christian psychiatrists because they have a little different spin. Talk to a counselor. Talk to your pastor or pastors or a friend who is solid. And, And this is what I mean by that. Not a person who will tell you what you want to hear but they'll tell you what you need to hear. That's a friend. Somebody that'll tell you the truth in love, right? Learn new techniques to help you overcome the bad habit or the addiction, whatever it is, whatever you're dealing with. As I understand it, and the studies that I have done, and this may be a little longer span of time with those who are really heavily into something, But it takes about 21 days to form a new habit. To literally change the way that your brain thinks. And I just go back to this scripture because it's so important. Let God transform the way that you think. Let God. If you want the victory, you must change the neural pathways that lead the brain to the bad habit. In other words, you rewire the brain by not feeding it what it wants and by replacing the bad habit with a good habit. Now, I said this last week, and it just bears witness that what I'm teaching you, you may be fine. You may not have any problems whatsoever with bad habits. Although I think that if you say that, you're a liar. But (laughs) but let's just... For the sake of argument, say you're perfect, nothing's wrong, you got everything under control, and you're sitting here today listening to this message. Why? Why, God? I don't need this. Exactly. But there are people out there that do. And you and I, the church, the disciples of Jesus Christ, We have got to learn this stuff so that we can help people who are lost and who are dying in their sins. We've got to be able to bring them some hope. And if you you grab hold of this message today and the one last week and the one next week, I believe it's going to help you to be more effective in blessing others, reaching outside of yourself and doing what God's really called you to do, to love your neighbor as yourself. I just felt like I needed to say that again. There are some wonderful programs out there, um, and I don't have them all listed here. Alcoholics Anonymous, it works for some people. You know? They have different steps that you take. One of them, of course, is, what do they call it? Looking to a higher power. That's important. Celebrate Recovery is another one. And I know there are a couple of these around the community. Life Challenge is something that we have in the assemblies. Uh, Life Challenge, Teen Challenge, it's known also as that. Um, And they have induction centers around the state. Um, I know there are others. And they're all good programs. If you need this kind of help, get to somebody that can help you with this. 
Sometimes you need to personally check yourself in to get the help you need. Because whatever has hold of you is so strong that you can't do it by yourself. Don't be too embarrassed to admit you need help. Look, look at, and, and I'm going to get to this, but look at what the outcome is going to be. Look at what the outcome is going to be. Your family isn't going to be feeling awkward around you anymore. That's a big one. I see it so much. Family members that say, I can't even be around this person anymore because every time I do, I'm just afraid they're going to blow up on me or they're going to steal or they're going to do this or that. All because of bad habits. Get help. What these programs do is they help the person to read the Word of God, to get that Word in them. They help them to pray, pray in the Spirit. They help them to learn how to use their hands. Maybe be creative. You know, sometimes when we just do new things, like painting. Painting is medicinal, or can be. You know, writing your memoir. Who knew? Or sometimes just getting a job, staying busy, can rewire the way you think. Are you still with me? I found this interesting, but not surprising. Researchers have discovered that worshiping God releases a different chemical known as serotonin. <laughs> we like serotonin because serotonin is actually good for you. It's, it's the calming hormone. Being around people you love releases serotonin. Can you believe that? Doing the things that God told us to do in His Word, it helps us to form good habits, and our bodies reward that with serotonin. Is it easy to break a bad habit? Anybody been there? A bad habit leads to, and this is where I finally put it up, instant gratification. I can feel good now, but most likely I'm going to feel lousy later. In my B.C. days before Christ, I was a youngster, though, but it was not uncommon for me to have ten drinks and then six or seven beers. And I'm not proud of that. Where I was going with this was the next morning. <laughs> oh. Barb would be like, Norm, you got to go to work. Uh-uh, I'm calling in sick. Norm, you got to go to work. you got to pay the mortgage. I finally get out of bed, but man, pity those guys that had to work with me that day. Because I was ornery. After three Tylenol, not pretty. And that was just my experience. I can feel good now, or at least I think I feel good. You get what I'm going with that? Because, listen, sin is always a masquerade. It, it pretends to be good for you. You think that you're going to feel good. But really what it's doing is it's destroying you from the inside out. It, you're burning up brain cells. And I don't know of too many people that can afford to lose. <laughs> and I include myself in that. You know, I'm not picking on anybody outside of me. 
In the recovery community, they emphasize an opposite condition known as what? Delayed. Just like this PowerPoint is delayed. Delayed gratification. With delayed gratification, you feel lousy at first, usually, but you'll feel better later if you keep it up, if you don't go back to whatever was causing that pain. The pain you experience from bad habits tells you it is time for change. You've got to listen to it. Psalm 119.67 Before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now your word do I keep. The NLT says, I used to wander off until you disciplined me, but now I closely follow your word. It takes courage and resilience to overcome things that control us. But by giving God control and releasing those bad habits to Him, something positive, something good is going to come out of that, and you will get the victory. I hesitated to share this. Um, this is my personal experience. Just start out with light fingers, Louie. I'll explain that in a minute. So when I was 12 years old, I started to shoplift. Everybody go, <gasps> What did I shoplift? Everything. Bologna, spread cheese, you know, kind of in the tube. You had to have that with a bologna. I shoplifted milk, toys, posters, incense, you name it. I did it. Why? I didn't know it at the time, but every time I did it, guess what was released into my body. Dopamine. And the more I did it, the more I wanted to do it. And that high that I got from doing it, it never lasted very long. And so I had, and the sad part was I only lived like a quarter mile from a big mall. Easy pickings, right? I was 14 years old. I was invincible. And I went into a big retail store and I, I stole a cap pistol. Woo! What 14 year old doesn't want a cap pistol? The sad part was I had a paper route, I had money, but I didn't get the high. And as I was walking out the door of that place that day, two big hands grabbed me like this guy. Two big hands grabbed me from behind. Oh, man. I'm like, what happened? I wasn't moving. No, it was not dopamine. That was flight or fright. Yeah, that was scary. And I realized it was security. They busted me. They hurried me back to the back of the store. They put me in a room. They interrogated me for almost an hour. The guy was cussing at me, spitting on me. I mean, he was calling me everything in the book, and he made sure that I knew I was going to be prosecuted to every extent of the law, and that I was going to jail. Now, I'm 14 years old. I don't know the laws all that well at the time. 
I just figured what he said was true, and I was going to jail. And then I heard the knock on his door. Two deputies came in, put me in handcuffs, took me out to their car and put me in the back seat. You know, what was sad is I had my two little brothers with me. <laughs> they saw that whole thing. Breaks my heart. So instead of going to jail, probably because I had my two brothers with me, they took me home. They took me to my dad. That's what I was thinking. I, I, I actually thought, I think I'd rather drop my boys, brothers off, take me to jail. Because I knew it wasn't going to be pretty. And for the first time, my dad, he didn't physically do anything. He just let me know how disappointed he was. He'd raised me better, and, and he had. But I let him down. I let him down. Now, I was grounded for, I think, the summer. And this is what I was called for what seemed like a year at minimum. And ladies, just so you know, you don't have to cover, hover over your purses. That was the last time I shoplifted. I never did it again. So thinking about that in, in that time that I had while I was grounded, thinking about the disappointment that I caused toward my parents, we can use this. Think about what it does to God every time you sin against Him. You break His heart because He trains you better than that. All of us need to realize what this does to our loving God. He has so much better in store for us. How do you deal with your pain? Always take your pain to God. Always, 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 always. Don't go through it alone. God knows your pain. He empathizes with you. And, and I was I trained to find a picture and I couldn't, but how many know what a fox terrier looks like? I couldn't find the right picture. His name was Barney. This was my parents' dog. And we'd go up to the cottage up north. Now it's down south from here, but up north from where we lived. And Barney had a mind of his own. I think the right word would be he was a little rebellious. Boy, does this fit. Huh? Any rebels in here? Uh-huh. So Barney was rebellious. And that stupid dog, and listen, he, he, he did it almost without exception on the day or the, about an hour before my parents were scheduled to drive back home because they had to be at work on Monday morning. So this is Sunday evening, almost without exception. Barney would take off, and when he came home, he had an encounter. No, 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 not the smelly kind. The prickly kind. 
Three times that I'm aware of, that dog went and... I don't know why he thought next time it'll be different. Next time it'll be different. Can I get an amen? Amen. How many of you, next time it'll be different? You'll do the same thing, but it's going to have a different outcome. What is that called? Stupidity, insanity, whatever, you name it. And that dog would come home, and then they would have to... What does that do? Have you ever had to do that with your dog? It breaks your heart. Because the dog, every time you pull one, do you think God doesn't feel the same? When you get yourself into those situations that are destructive, and he's up there, when are you going to learn? This is just going to keep doing this. You need to change. Don't bite the porcupine. Ask the Lord, is there something God wants you to learn from that pain? Besides, don't do it again. As much as I hate pain, there's no better teacher. If you've ever touched a stove, a hot eye, usually you don't do it twice on purpose. Pain is a great teacher. And what is critical for us to understand is that you have to replace the source of the pain with something from God, something else, something good. I suggest you begin with a spiritual discipline or practice. In his book, Tempered Resilience, Todd Bolsinger said this of discipline. He said, a discipline is any activity within our power that we engage in to enable us to do what we cannot do by direct effort. Sometimes we need help. Sometimes it has to be a disciplinary process a rewiring of your brain, if you will. An example of discipline might be if you abuse your phone time. And I know none of you adults do this. <laughs> and yes, phones can be addictive. You replace the phone use with a time of devotion or worship. You draw closer to God in that time that you would be on your phone. You replace it with hobbies something useful, maybe helping your wife do the dishes or whatever it might be. (laughs) And that thing that that most of us neglect or despise, whichever way you want to look at it, exercise is also a great technique. Not only are you helping your body to be in better shape, but it takes your mind off of whatever that thing was. The idea is that you replace the bad habit that caused the pain with something positive, something that's good for you. You know, that's the idea behind a judge giving someone community service. It gives them time to think about it, what's going on in their life. They replace the bad action with a good action. 
That's why they do that. As I begin to close, ask God, how can I use this pain for your glory, for good? Too many people struggle with different things. They get the victory over it, and that's it. They're too embarrassed to bring it up. They don't want anybody to know. You know, everything has a purpose in God's kingdom. Even, and I insert especially, our pain. When people see that you've struggled with something, it's drugs, alcohol, maybe you were a kleptomaniac, and then they see that you've got the victory over that thing, it can give them a sense of hope. A sense of, hey, if they did it, maybe I can do it too. Whatever the pain, use it for God's glory. Don't let your pain be wasted. So to wrap this up in summary, you can stand with me. Let some blood flow to your feet. Don't go through your pain alone. Please, look around this room. Is there anybody in here who wouldn't help somebody that needed your help? I think everybody in this room would help if somebody came to us and said, look, I really need somebody to, to, to just work with me. Help me get through this thing. Educate yourself on what's causing the pain. Again, the, the more you know about it, the easier it will be for you to defeat it. Get help from godly people. All right? Very important. Replace the cause of the pain with good, godly things. And last but not least, let God use your victory over that pain to help others. Use your testimony to encourage people. We need folks to let the world know there's a different way, a better way. Been there, done that, bought the t-shirt. And I can show you the way. Amen? My final slide. Jesus came to set the captives free. Are you ready? I didn't even look to see if you were able to do it. I'm guessing because you're standing here, you are. So I asked Jack and the worship team if they'd come back and sing that last song they sang. And after they finish, then I'll come back and, and we'll have a, a time of response. God, I'm on my knees again. God, I'm begging please again. Well, I need you. I need you. Walking down these desert roads. Water for my thirsty soul, I need you, I need you. Your forgiveness is like sweet, sweet honey on my lips, like the Sin. I want to know about being born.
believe the Holy Spirit. I believe He's here today and, and He wants you to know you're not in this alone. He is here for you. He loves you. doesn't matter what you've done. Forgiveness is what God is all about. If you really want to change and you're stuck in something, it might even be a relationship. It's not impossible. There are relationships that are bad, 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 bad for you. And you need help with it. Or it might be something else. I'm just going to ask you just to come up here. If, if, if you have something that you need God just to pour himself into you and onto you today. Just come. Come on up here. Real quick. You don't have to tell us what it is. We don't care. We're not here to judge. We're not here to gawk. We're here to pray with you. Because what you're doing here is so important to the Lord. Don't be embarrassed, please. You, you're safe here. You're safe here. Would, would everybody up here, would, do you, is it okay if somebody prays for you, maybe touches you, lays hands on you in a nice way, not in a bad way? All right. Would you please, uh, we've got some of our prayer partners up here. Jen, go ahead if, if you're up here for that reason. Yes. Uh, just 
and, and on this side brother drew are you up here to pray pray first then we'll have you say something let me let me finish here see rosemary's up here father we thank you for tender hearts lord people that want your best and lord i know your heart breaks for everybody in this room but especially for those who are struggling with things that they don't have control over Lord, it's our prayer as a church today that you would give every person that's represented up here, Lord, everything they need to overcome whatever it is that's been keeping them from your best. Lord, that you would, if, if, if it's a habit, that you'd break that habit in the name of Jesus. That no weapon formed against these people will prosper, Lord. Greater is he that is in them than he that's in this world. Lord, loose angels around these folk. Keep them safe from the enemy. Keep them safe from the temptations that they face on a daily basis. Remind them of Barney. Whenever they go to do something, remind them of that, that silly dog that kept going back and getting it at least three times. It's only going to result in pain. Pain for them, pain for their families. Lord, deliver them we pray in Jesus name I was going to read this real quick Luke 4 I, have it, I had it up there the spirit of the Lord Jesus said this the spirit of the Lord is upon me for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor he has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released that the blind will see that the oppressed will be set free and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. I pray for favor over every one of these folks, Lord. God, just minister to them as only you can. Give them everything they need. Encourage them, Lord, in their spirit. Surround them with friends, godly friends, people who will tell them the truth in love, Lord. People who will direct them as they should in the right direction, not the wrong. And God, may you give these people the courage when needed to reach out to somebody and just say, hey, friend, brother, sister, I need help. Can you walk with me today? And what's the right answer, church? Yes. 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 Lord, we again pray a covering over everybody here in this room. Keep us safe in our coming and in our going. And Lord, whatever is, is happening here today, just let it, let it stick. Let it last. And if they fail, if they make a mistake, if they go back, Lord, lift them back up and say, come on, you can do this, you can do this, you can do this. Trust Him. Trust Him. Drew, you had something to say. sincerely you're praying and you feel like you've been left out God hears your prayer but what he said to me is you're praying just to settle don't settle yes God will bless you out of his abundance 
and he's asking you to ask him for more. He's going to give you more than you pray for. You're not just a conqueror. You're more than a conqueror. Your cup, he's going to fill not just to full, but to overflowing. Don't settle. You've prayed for something and said, Lord, if you just give me this, he wants to give you out of his abundance. He wants to give you more. So don't settle. Go big or go home. Pray for the abundance and the overflowing. Thank you. Anybody here? Raise your hand if that's you. You know it's you. Yeah, come on. Do we serve an itty-bitty, teeny little God? No. Our God is real. And He's big. And He owns all the cattle on a thousand hills. He owns all the silver and the gold. What can't He do? He has two-thirds of the angels at His beck and call. And He will... Release them on your behalf when needed. He loves you more than words can describe. So go out of here today knowing that, June. God, God, ah, God has your picture. He had a refrigerator. It's on his refrigerator. I didn't just come up with that on my own, girl. And I think that's true about every single one of you beautiful people here. Remember that, right? Well, let's go tell the world about our Jesus. Amen? God bless you. Thanks for coming out today. We love you.